0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to church! And we welcome all of those that are watching online. We welcome you. I want to welcome two very special guests, Pam and Ava. Hello, I know you're watching online as well, and we're honored to have you joining us in service. Hey, I, I, I know you've heard it. You've seen the marquee when you walked in, but you need to be here next week. At The Movies is a brand new series that we're starting, and uh, this is not something we came up with two weeks ago. We've been planning this since the summer. We've been prepping for this. We're so excited as a staff because we know it's coming, and I know you don't know, but it's going to be good, and uh, we would love for you to be here. You have to be here, though, because we can't stream it because of copyright reasons, so you have to be in the building. We will have something for you online, so you tune in next week. It just won't be the exact same thing that you're seeing here if you're in the building. Uh, but at the movies, and it's going to be just teaching the Bible through parables, modern day parables, which are movies. Jesus did the same thing. Here, here's the beautiful thing. This is a great series for you to invite those friends family members, classmates, co-workers that you've been thinking about, you want to invite them, but then you might show up and then they're talking about something, uh, this is not a great message for them to hear. This is a great series for them to come to uh, because it's, it's very non-threatening. Again, you say, hey, we're going to go watch movies at our church, you want to come? Uh, it's it's going to be incredible. When Jesus called his disciples, the first disciples, he says, come follow me and I will make you dot, dot, dot. He could have said anything right there. He could have said, I'll make you holy, or I'll make you better people, or I'll make you wiser, or I'll make... He could have said anything, and he said, I'll make you fishers of other people. I want you to follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And the last thing, or one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples was, therefore, go and make... Other disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. So the first thing and the last thing Jesus said to his disciples was in essence the same thing. I just want you to tell others about me. And I know that's hard. In fact, I would argue it's the hardest thing that Christians do is to share your faith with someone else. I don't want to impose my beliefs on them. I, I don't want them to think I judge them. I get that, okay? We're going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. We want you just to invite them to church and let the movies tell the story of the goodness of God. It's going to be a great time. We might even sell $17 popcorn. You just never know. So I want you to be here at the movies next Sunday. All right. Now today, I have a question for you, and I know there's a lot of people in the room, and I don't know what you believe about God. Some of you might not even believe in God. You just came because you heard we have great tacos, and we do. So I don't know what you believe about God, but, but if there was a God, and that God wanted to get a message to you, would you know how to receive the message, and could you understand it? That's the question. It's a good question. If there was a God and God wanted to send a message to you about himself, would you know how to receive the message, and could you understand it? I've been thinking about that question ever since I learned that there is a gold record flying through outer space. Like a literal gold record right now is flying through outer space. Apparently that didn't hit you quite like it hit me. So, uh... Anybody know what a gold record is, like in record terms? So, so if, you, if you make an album of music or songs, if you make an album and you sell 500,000 copies of that album, then the Recording Industry Association of America will send you a, a gold record... And, uh, it has your album artwork and a plaque, and you can hang that in your studio or on the wall at your house. If you sell a million copies of that album, you get a platinum looking record. And if you sell, uh, multi platinum, if you've sold more than two million copies of that album, you and I need to be better friends. Uh, (laughs) let's hang out after service. Um, I'm not talking about that kind of gold record. I'm talking about a real, live gold record flying 40,000 miles an hour away from planet Earth as we speak. What are you talking about, Reed? Okay, in 1977, the folks at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory launched a spacecraft called Voyager. It was on a one-way mission. It was never going to return, and it was going to take pictures of our solar system, of the planets that it would pass, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and it was going to slingshot off of those planets with a greater velocity. And ultimately, the goal one day was to leave our solar system and enter into interstellar space. And when Voyager was ready to be launched in 1977, the team around Voyager wanted to put onto Voyager some sort of a time capsule in the event that some other intelligent life somewhere out there were to encounter Voyager, they would know that there's other life out here in the universe, and they know a little bit about what our civilization is like on Earth. Now, this had happened before on Pioneer expeditions years earlier, other spacecraft that had launched. uh, They put a little plaque on Pioneer that had a depiction of a man and a depiction of a woman and some basic uh, information about life on Earth and how things work, so that if someone out there, some little green man found it uh, <laughs> he would know there's life out there somewhere in the universe and when they're ready to launch the uh, Voyager in 1977 they said let's up the ante a little bit like th- let's make it a little better and so they decided to make this gold record And on the record, they were going to put a depiction of life on Earth. And the record has a name. It's called the Voyager Interstellar Record. We call it the Gold Record. That's its better-known name because it's a literal gold record. And that record has an album title, and the title is Sounds of Earth. Sounds of Earth. This committee, in six months' time, had to figure out what they're going to put on the record. Like, what would you put on the record? Think about that. If you're on the committee... And, and and somebody out there would receive this potentially, how would you want to describe Earth to them? Like what would you put on the record? Well, what's on the record? The committee decided to put a message from the head of the United Nations, so there's a little greeting from Planet Earth. There were also some songs on the record. So uh, they put 27 songs. Like, that would be so much pressure. What songs? Like, if you're going to put one, oh, got to put this song. This is my, this is my jam. i got to put this out there because the aliens might like this song, right? Like, what, what would you, Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. No, that's not on the record. Like, what would you put on the record? Like, that's a big question. There's a lot of indigenous music on there because they didn't want all of the music to come from Western civilization, but the three B's made it. The three B's made it on the record from Western civilization. You're like, I knew it. I knew it, Bieber. Bieber's on the record. Baby, baby, baby. No, no, no. He wasn't even born in 77. No, the three B's that made it were Bach, Beethoven, and Chuck Berry. (laughs) That's my favorite. Like somewhere flying out in the cosmos at 40,000 miles an hour is Johnny B. Go, Johnny, go, go. Steve Martin did a bit on uh, Saturday Night Live on Weekend Update, and he said, They have found Voyager in the vast cosmos, and we got a message back from the aliens that found it. Send more Chuck Berry. So, that's pretty funny. Uh, There are greetings on the record in 55 different languages. Uh, you can listen to all this, by the way. You can download it on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to it on Apple Streaming. Uh, I would just recommend don't listen to it at night. It was recorded 41 years ago. It's a little creepy. Um, <laughs> you won't want to go to sleep. But, but there, there's, there's all these greetings from 55 languages. I'm not going to play you 55 greetings. But I wanted to give you a snippet this morning just so that if you were to find this, if you were that person to receive this, this might be what you'd hear. ho maro ram ram ponche. Hama Hello from the children of planet Earth. Sweet. That's Carl Sagan's son. Carl is a famous astronomer in 1977, but the English greeting is from a little child. Hello from the children of the planet Earth. Uh, Some of the United Nations dignitaries who worked in the space program also had messages on the record. Uh, Some whale songs made it on the record. Uh, Two people kissing the sound of that made it on the record. Wind made it on the record. Rainfall made it on the record. They took a hundred photographs from our planet and translated them into analog form, put them on the record. They had some diagrams, some depictions, and a letter from then-president Jimmy Carter. And the letter from Jimmy Carter says at the end, This is a present from a small, distant world, a token of our sounds, our science, our images, our music, our thoughts, and our feelings. We are attempting to survive our time so we may live into yours And we hope someday, having solved the problems we face, to join a community of galactic civilizations. This record represents our hope and our determination and our goodwill in a vast and awesome universe. In 2012, they had a massive ceremony in the Rose Garden and then President Obama announced that NASA had just verified that Voyager had left the heliosphere of our solar system, which is the teardrop circumference of our solar system, had left the heliosphere and entered into interstellar space. So somewhere out there in the cosmos, there is this, this thing about the size of a Volkswagen Beetle and mounted on, the, on, this, on this Voyager is this gold record. That's crazy to me. Here here are some technicians mounting it onto Voyager. You can see them there. They're mounting the record on the side uh, of this spacecraft. And then here's a representation of what Voyager might look like if it were floating in space today. That's maybe a, a snapshot. Again, it's traveling very, very fast, but that's maybe what it would look like. Just imagine the size of a small car and all this scientific equipment, and then right in the middle, this actual record uh, that's just, are you kidding me? That's crazy. Just flying through space. You say, well, how, how does it survive? Well, it has an aluminum cover uh, that's made and treated in a very special way so that it protects it from all the cosmic dust that's flying out there and other particles in the universe. The record is made of copper. It's plated in pure gold and designed to last one billion years. You say, I know you're thinking this because I thought the same thing. Well, if they found it, would they know what to do with it? <laughs> like, hey, we got this record. Anybody got a record player? Right? Like, What are they going to do with it? Uh, Well, this is interesting. On the cover, on the aluminum cover, they have all the instructions. Here are the instructions. Uh, And you're like, I don't know what I would do if I saw that. Well, that's because you're not high-intelligent life from another planet, okay? (laughs) We got some really smart people, smarter than me, that came up with these diagrams. I'm not that smart, so I had to read up on it. But the circle uh, at the top left, it looks like a dial on a watch... It's actually a diagram that shows our friends in the universe the record spins around. So they know, oh, it goes around, okay. Uh, And it actually tells them what speed it needs to play. They do that all through binary code. Those are the little dots. The binary code matches up to the atom, which are the two circles down at the bottom. And the phase of that atom is devolving in a certain frame of time. And you would understand that if you were smarter than me. Um, You would use that same time measurement in binary code to understand how fast the record needed to spin. And you say, well, how how would you play it? Well, there is a stylus attached to the record, so you don't even need a stylus. You just get the record, and you get the stylus, and again, in binary code, it tells you, here's what you do with the stylus, and it tells you how to spin the record, so you spin it the right way, and you're not listening to it backwards. The little cool starburst thing that you see, there are eight known pulsars in the universe, and the distance, measured again in binary code, from those pulsars to planet Earth. So, if a little green man found this, and he knew where one of those pulsars are, he could triangulate his position from the pulsar and the pulsar's position from earth and know exactly how far he is from planet earth that's all out there on that record we sent this on the chance on the chance that perhaps there is intelligent life somewhere in the cosmos, a golden record depicting life on planet Earth. And when I saw this with my eyes, it blew up my heart because I thought, while we're spending all this time and effort and energy and money trying to reach the cosmos, the God of the cosmos is trying to reach you. The God of heaven is trying to contact you. And as crazy as it is that we would do six months worth of research and putting this thing together, it pales in comparison to the fact that God of heaven would say, I, I want to send a message to you. I want to reach you. I've been trying to contact you and I've got a very important message for you. i got a very important message. What's the message read? The message is I love you. God's saying I love you and I did something amazing for you. Probably the key text of all texts in this story of Jesus is found in John's Gospel, chapter 3. And Jesus' is talking and his words have been repeated in church after church, in century after century, in culture after culture. John three sixteen is ubiquitous with the Christian faith. It's really the heart of the message God is trying to get through to you. He's trying to tell you, I love you. I love you. I've done something amazing for you. And you're like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Reed. I don't know if that's the message God would have for me. He might have that for some other people. I don't, I don't know if that's the message he would have for me. I think the message for me would be, I, I'm frustrated with you. I'm ashamed of you. You're irrelevant to me. I don't even think about you. God says, no, 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 no. That's not my message. I have a message. That's not the message. My message is I love you. And I did something really amazing for you. It's all captured in these words of Jesus. He says this in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world i love this so is in there because i can say i love you to my wife but it's quite different to say i so love you you hear that god so loved he loved the world his heart broke for the world he wanted to connect with the world he's trying to contact humanity god so loved you he so loved the world He's trying to get on your radar. He's trying to reach out to you. And here comes the best part, part two. God so loved the world that he did something amazing. Here's the something amazing, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus is the one speaking these words when he's standing on this planet. He says, he he gave me. (laughs) God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him and the him is Jesus shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the good news. That's... That's just something amazing that he did. And then in verse 17, it's just as important as verse 16, for God did not send. God did not send. Oh, we sent a a, a record on Voyager trying to reach the cosmos. God didn't send. He sent a different Voyager. His name was Jesus, and he sent his son, launched him out of heaven on a mission to planet Earth. And he didn't just hope. That maybe somebody would one day find him. He knew that we would reach Jesus. He knew that we would contact Jesus. He knew that Jesus would reach us. And he said, I want to package him in such a way that you would understand him. I'm going to robe myself in flesh. I know that you can relate. Because I am one of you. I'm I'm 100% God. I'm 100% man. And I want you to understand this. And what's the message? You see it right there again. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. And a lot of us think that. We think that God is like this old man in a a rocking chair with lightning bolts in each hand, ready to condemn you. He goes, no, 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 that's not why I sent him. I didn't send him to condemn you, but to save the world through him. I want to save you through Jesus. That's what I came to do. And this isn't about religion, by the way. Religion says, I'm going to try to love God and to prove my love to God. And if I do a good enough job, then maybe he will love me. And I can understand why some of you might think that's how God works. Because every other relationship in our culture works that way. Every other relationship. You think about when when you're in school, in your grade school, your teacher did not mark all of your right answers. She marked all of your wrong answers with a big red X. When I pay my taxes, the government does not call me and say, read you're such a model citizen. We thank you for always paying your taxes on time. In fact, we'd like to set up a meeting with the president so that you can meet him and he can just show you as an example to the world. That doesn't happen. They only correspond when you don't pay your taxes. I don't get pulled over by the police. Reed, you were going 65 on the money, man. That's <laughs> incredible. You are such a good driver, man. I've got you on video back there. I'm going to show all my money. No, no, I get pulled over when I'm breaking the law. Right, every other religion works that way. That if we if we uh, are good, if we're a good person, if we do good things, what's the pass fail scale? Fifty percent, seventy percent, like school. Maybe if I just hang around enough people that are doing way worse than me, I'll feel better about myself. (laughs) Like I mean, like honestly, that's a scary proposition. And and that's not what we're talking about. God says, no, no, no. But before you were even on the scene. Before you were born, I knew what I was going to do through you. I was going to tell you that I love you, and I did something amazing before you even showed up for you. I did something amazing for you. I did something amazing for you. You don't have to do anything amazing for me. I did something amazing for you. Voyager has a cover that explains how it all works and how you can hear the sounds of earth. And I think we also have a cover on the record of God called The Sounds of Heaven, that all of us living on this planet understand that it's not just about living and dying. There there is a heavenly home and a heavenly kingdom and a heavenly economy and a heavenly sound. And, and, And how do you hear the sounds of heaven? It's on the cover of the album. The cover of God's album called Sounds of Heaven is the person of Jesus Christ. That's how you hear the sounds of heaven. Jesus is God in the flesh. In fact, the scripture says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. It says in another place in scripture that he is the exact representation. Jesus is of God's likeness. And Jesus said himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he is the cover of this beautiful album called The Sounds of Heaven. The way you hear the sounds of heaven is through the person of Jesus. But there's a problem and the problem is, is that, that you and I blow it. We mess up. We sin. It just means we've done something wrong. And when we do something wrong, it separates us from a holy God. Because God is holy, and holy literally translates as set apart. He is perfect. And when you mess up one time, it, it, it separates you. It's kind of like this. I heard this really great analogy of, of a woman who's getting married, and she's got her wedding dress on, and her little brother, who's there's a pretty big age gap, but he's in the in the mud outside playing and he comes in right before she's walking down the aisle and he goes sissy <laughs> and she goes no 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 baby no, baby baby no I can't, I can't I can't hug you it's not that I don't love you it's not that God doesn't love us he just can't be in fellowship with us because I, like I not right now I got to get you clean because I can't be in fellowship with you right now And so in the same way, it's not that God doesn't love you. Quite the contrary, it's because of his great love. He loves you so much, but he goes, we got a problem. And in the beginning, there were just 10 rules. That's it. 10 rules. You remember Moses came down with the stone tablets, and he goes, I got 10 commandments. So he comes down with these, and and one of them was, um, I'm not going to put anything above God. No idols, no gods. I'll never put anything above God. Has anybody in the room kept that for their entirety of their life, anybody? Okay, should I keep going then? And kids, it gets more complicated. Don't steal anything, don't bear false witness, don't lie. Honor your father and mother. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Do not commit adultery. You're like, I haven't done that. But Jesus came onto the scene and blew that up, and he goes, if you've looked at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. How you doing? Right? Guilty. So, so we got an issue here. Because we've got sin and it's separating us from a holy God. And, and that's a problem. It separates you from the relationship you were intended to have with God. And the penalty, or, or Scripture says, the wages of that sin, Romans 6, is death. You realize that sin doesn't make you, make you a bad person, right? I grew up believing that sin made me bad. Sin doesn't make me bad. Paul says sin makes me dead. Ephesians 2 says you were dead. In your transgressions and sins, you weren't bad. You were dead. You're like, well, I'm, I'm fine. My heart's still beating. Yeah, physically you're alive, but spiritually you're dead. And when you're dead, you get one of two options. Either you bury the person or you need a miracle. Those are the only two options. If you've ever been to a funeral where there was a physical death, you have two options. Either you bury the person or you need a miracle. Now, there were a couple of times in Scripture where they got the miracle. right? Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, they... Got the miracle. They got to come back to life. Most of the time, we bury them. Spiritually, it works the same way. Either you bury me, and then I'm spiritually dead, then I'm physically dead, then I'm really dead, or I need a miracle. And the problem is, when I'm spiritually dead, I deserve death. I deserve wrath. And in fact, it goes on in Ephesians 2 to say, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. We deserve wrath and we deserve death. <laughs> but, verse 5, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. We got our miracle in Christ. We got our miracle in and through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says God made Jesus who had no sin to become our sin. So he became your sin. He became my sin, which is a massive amount of sin. And he died the death that we were supposed to die so that, the verse concludes, in him, in a relationship with him, by putting my hope, trust, faith in him, we might become the righteousness of God. And righteousness is a big churchy word that just means right standing. And you understand right standing. There are people in your life that you have right standing with, right? Like my wife and I have right standing. I have a nightstand, and it's one of her greatest pet peeves on the planet for me to put stuff on my nightstand. (laughs) It's it's my nightstand. Um, but like, it's just my catch-all, like my, my change out of my pockets, receipts for the day. I've got a thank you card that's been there for six weeks. I should throw it away, but I, I like it. So I keep it there. And there's just books, and, and she's like, would you clean up your nightstand? Guess what I didn't do yesterday? I didn't clean my nightstand. And when we get home, she's not going to go, we're done, right? Because we're good. We have right standing. You understand that? Like, we're good. It's the same thing with God. That when I have a relationship with Jesus, he's going to see me one day and see the sin that I committed the day that I died, and he's going to go, we're good. We're good. I know you blew it today, but we're good. We have right standing. That's what righteousness is. And we get that through the person of Jesus. This is the great exchange of God, giving his one and only son so that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Again, Jesus died because that's the penalty and the payment for our sin. He suffered what we should suffer. And we're here today, not because it didn't end on Friday. <laughs> it didn't end on Saturday either. But on the third day, just as he predicted he would do, he came out of the grave victorious. The grave could not hold the King of Kings. The grave could not hold Jesus. Death has no hold of him, and death has no hold of us who put our faith in him. That's where we get the eternal life peace. But that's not the end of the story either. You're like, Reed, that's got to be the end of the story. There can't be anything better than that. No, no, there is. Because he's walking around the planet. He had all these disciples. And, and uh, he says, hey, guys, I got to go. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to my home in heaven and be enthroned on an everlasting throne, which is where he should be. But that had to be a real downer for the disciples. Like, you just got back. <laughs> he's like, I'm leaving. But I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And he's going to empower you, and he's going to help enable you to do everything that God wants to do in your life. But that's not the end of the story either. He says, I'm coming back for you, though. I'm coming back for my church. I'm coming back for all those who put their faith in me. And if you believe in me, you're going to go with me to live in paradise forevermore. And that's where we get this never-ending, always-and-forever, everlasting life. With Christ, forever. Isn't that awesome? And in heaven, there are no more Uh, Tears. There's no more death. There's no more mourning. There's no more pain. This is our hope and this is our story. And this is the way you access the sounds of heaven through the person of Jesus Christ. He's trying to reach you today. He's trying to get your attention and draw you in. I got a message for you. I love you. I've done something amazing for you. And I wonder, can you hear the message? Amazingly. Voyager is still sending signals back to Earth. And they say it's about one millionth of one billionth of a watt. Like We have to use the biggest antenna on planet Earth and align it in such a way just to receive those messages. And I just wonder, what might be in the way today of you hearing the message from God? Or oh, Reed, I didn't, I didn't get the text. I had my phone on silent. I didn't know he was trying to reach Read. I've been real busy, man. I got a lot of stuff on my plate. I didn't, or maybe there was something else. Maybe there's something in your past. Maybe there is pain there. That that, that message you got. I don't want another message from God because I got a I got a message loud and clear: death, divorce, disease. I don't want it. I and mean, God says that was not the message I intended to give you. The message I wanted to give you was I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I've done something amazing for you, Randy. If you'll come. I wonder today, can you hear the message? Can your heart pull it in? Do you know how to listen to it? Do you understand it? And if you do, do you believe it? And do you want to receive it? All the days you've been alive, God's been trying to reach you with this message. and Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is the gathering. Maybe this is the online viewing that you go read. hear it I see it coming in loud and clear he, he loves me and he's uh, he's done something amazing for me you just see that coming in what he did for you and if you believe in him you'll have everlasting life and John 10 says you'll have a better life on earth too I just want to give you the chance to choose Him today. For God so loved the world that whoever believes—listen, it's—it's not just belief. If you look, you can't just believe. I believe in God. Even the the demons believe in God and shudder. They're not going to hear the sounds of heaven. That's the Bible. Um, it's not, if you look at the original language, the believe is—it's—it's it's, a—it's a trust in, it's a hope in, it's a—I'm. I, I, I know that you died for my sins. I know that you were buried. I know that you came out of that grave. And I'm, I'm believing in that. I'm trusting in that. I'm not just going to make you my Savior. I want you to make you my Lord. I want you to lead me going forward. Because you do this life way better than I do this life. And you love me way more than I could even love myself. And so I want you to direct my path and guide my steps. Your Holy Spirit to empower me to do what you want me to do. That's what we're talking about. You'll be made alive in Christ today. Is there anybody would like to receive that message? Let's stand up all over the room. Here's what I'd love to ask you. I, I know that there are people here and you, you, you've turned from God. You, you, had, you had accepted this message. You received this message. And that's awesome. And you've turned from God and now you want to come back to God. And we celebrate that with you. We want to help you, we want to help you take your next step. Our whole purpose is we love you where you are, and we want to move you where God wants you to be. That's our mission statement as a church. So we want to help you take your next step. But you're not necessarily who I'm talking to about right now. Right now I'm talking to the person who has never ever received that message. Today would be the very first day you say, Lord, I get it that you love me, you did something amazing for me, it's not about me doing anything amazing for you, it's about what you've done for me, and just receiving that, and accepting that, and trusting that, and living out in that, and I want to receive that today, for the very first time, that's, that's, I I want to connect with you today, if this would be the very first time, that you would say, yeah, yeah, that's me, and let me just say this also, because there might be some people in the room, there was in first service, that you've been at church for a long time and you almost feel a sense of pride like like people around me think I'm a Christian. And if I raised my hand and said, yes, I need Jesus for the first time, people are gonna judge me. Listen, do not let pride be an issue. 26 years ago today, I buried my father. My father died today, 26 years ago. And in his suicide note, he wrote, my pride did me in. That was the first line. Do not let pride be an issue. It is a deadly sin. So it doesn't matter if your wife thinks you're a follower of Jesus. If you're not right with God, you and God know that. You need to make that right today. So here's what I want to do. I I don't want pride to be an issue. So we're going to do something a little unorthodox. Is I'd love for every head to bow and every eye to close. Just so no one's looking around. It's just you and God. It's just you and God. It's just you and God. Lord Jesus, right now in this moment, I pray for boldness and for courage for everybody in the room, God, that if you're prompting them to lift their hand in a moment, they do so, they just say, yes, Lord, to be obedient to what you're calling them to do in Jesus' name. Okay, I just pray for boldness for you. So if you feel that conviction from the Holy Spirit, you're like, this is the message. This is it. You need to receive it for yourself today. If that's you, what I'd love for you to do, no one's looking around. It's just my eyes. I just want to know who I'm praying for. I'd love for you to lift your hand really high so I can see Awesome, 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 awesome. All over the room. Praise God. Awesome. All right, hands down, hands down. Scripture says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, there's a confession piece. I got to say it. And there's a believing piece in my heart. And so, here's what I love to do just so the people that raise their hands are not feeling isolated, that, that we'd all say this prayer together. And if you've said it before, say it again. The Lord loves to hear it. All right, this is not a magic word prayer, it's just confessing what we believe. So, I want you to repeat after me all over the room. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you came to earth to die for me, for my sins, for my mistakes. I believe you died. I believe you were buried. And on the third day, you came out of the grave, beating death and beating hell and giving me the power to do the same. Come into my life. Start me over with you leading. Forgive me of my sins. Past, present, and future. and Let me live out. In the life you have planned for me and then just tell them you love them in your own way just say I love you Jesus you're so good we worship you now thank you for the cross thank you for the cross